0: After the win over Mississippi Valley State, FAMU head coach Willie Simmons got on Twitter and decided it was time to defend his starting quarterback, Jeremy Musa. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every single day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S, ends with an S. Today's episode starts off with a word from our sponsors, Fan Duel. And they are the official sports book of the Locked On podcast. Network, make every moment moment more. And right now, New customers, if you bet $5, you'll get $200 back in bonus bets, no matter what, guarantee. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Today's episode ends with a word about North Carolina a because they got their first victory of the year, and it was at the hands of Norfolk State. Before that, Andrew Body has updated his health we talked about it on Friday very briefly, but we're going to get more in detail of what the fact that he's medically redshirting means for him and the rest of the team. Now, Jeremy fam FAMU quarterback, somebody that's been heavily criticized. I love the way that Willie Simmons hopped on here and defended his guy. Now, this is one of the reasons that I would love to play for Willie Simmons, right? And I understand that coaching has a lot to do with understanding the game, play calling X's and O's things of that nature. I get it, right? But there's also a human aspect to being a coach and the ability to build a relationship, whatever that relationship looks like. It doesn't mean being buddy-buddy. It doesn't mean going out for drinks after the game or on a random Thursday. It doesn't mean any of those things. What it means is how do you fortify a relationship with your team? And for Willie Simmons, It seems to be he's the guy who will ride for his team. He'll ride for his players, right? And you know he has your back. That seems to be the relationship that he has with them. And that's what I want to play with. You know, former University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, offensive tackle Teron Armstead, he's played for the Saints, he's played for the Dolphins. And he compared his two coaches, Sean Payton and Mike McDaniels, recently. And he was talking about how Sean Payton was feared. And while Mike McDaniels is kind of like one of the guys. Both of them were loved, but it was the type of relationship that you formed. It's the connection with your players, the reason they get behind you. And for some, it's fear. Like, to me, I feel like from the outside looking in with Bill Belichick, it's the aura of success. You you do so much with this Patriot way, and that's why other people who try to go do the Patriot way in non-Patriot places, they don't get the same buy-in because they don't have the same success record, right? For Willie Simmons, it's a guy who is loyal. And that's what I appreciate. And he's seen it. I've seen it with Kamari Stevens in the offseason. I've seen how that happened. I'm seeing it now with Jeremy Musa because people are commenting about Musa. Let's read the tweet because he hopped on Twitter about it. It wasn't in a press conference or anything. His tweet said, I'm not in the least bit concerned about what anyone says about Jeremy Musa. We embrace the passion from the critics, but he has earned the right to lead us. And leaders must be allowed to work through their mistakes, and he will. Now maybe we'll get into what those mistakes and the FAMU offense and all of that at some point during the week or at some other point if, they, if the you know the inconsistencies kind of continue maybe we'll get into those later. But right now we're only here to visit the defense of Jeremy Musa and I appreciate it so much. Now every day, as you know how this goes. If the whole Segment revolves around a quote. We're either gonna read it two times or we're going to break it down. And we're gonna break this one down because I thought it was great. And now, like I said, this is one of the best features of Willie Simmons outside of just the knowledge of the game, the loyalty. I appreciate it. So let's read this. I'm not in the least bit concerned about what anybody says or anyone says about Jeremy Musa. So, first and foremost, statement right there, and it's an exclamation point after the, afterwards, if you care. Setting the tone immediately. I know people are talking. But for us, for me, that doesn't matter. You go into, we embrace the passion from the critics, but he's earned the right to lead us, and he's correct. He's not telling you to stop talking. He gets it. He gets it, and that next sentence is really going to say it, but he gets it. But at the end of the day, this is our quarterback. Matter of fact, he followed up this tweet or the the attachment, the image, the media, however you want to say it, Right. He had the meme of that's my quarterback by Terrell Owens. So he, he gets it though. But this is the guy that I'm riding with. And at the end of the day, we can have complaints about the way that Musa plays. We can, I get it. I'm not telling anybody to stop saying it either. But if anybody is calling for Musa's job, I don't know. We can call for him to play better. But his job, who are you going to get? I mean, is there a question of whether or not Jeremy Musa is the best quarterback? on that roster if it is please inform me because I didn't know that was in question because at the end of the day he's earned the right to lead us and he's right he was a Swag preseason offensive player of the year I'm not saying he's lived up to that all the way he's had his moments he's had his ups and downs for certain but the idea that he didn't earn the right come on let's let's just be let's be fair about it and then the last sentence And leaders must be allowed to work through their mistakes, and he will. That might be the most important sentence of this whole thing. He said, anybody who's criticizing, there is some credence to it. Like, like It does make sense. Don't get me wrong. That's what he said. Leaders must be allowed to work through their mistakes. He's not coming on here and defending his guy and acting like he's been perfect. But at the end of the day, he will get better because leaders are allowed to work through these problems, and he will. We trust in him to be able to do those things. This is important. It's not saying that what you're saying if you're criticizing him just isn't correct. He's not saying that you're not seeing these things. He's he's holding him accountable. He's holding Jeremy Musa accountable while also defending his guy in a strong manner. I don't care what anybody says about him. That's our guy. He's going to get better. I like if I just had to sum it up, that's it. I don't care what you say cuz that is my guy and he's going to get better. Period. You know, and I, I loved it. A complete breakdown, honest breakdown. Didn't just sit here and just shoo away any kind of concern. It's real. Things have been going wrong. But Jeremy Moose is a swag preseason offensive player of the year, and we trust in him to be that level of a player. Period. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. You know, um, for me, he does have to get past these lows. I do believe that FAMU has to be able to develop a little bit more of a 60-minute offense, right? And I know that Coach Willie Simmons feels the same way. And like I said, we might break this down at some point. Not today, but we might break it down. Overall, I just wanted to say that Willie Simmons, the way that I've watched him de- defend his players is admirable. And it's probably one of, if not my favorite aspect of him. Let's not forget, these are humans. Especially talking about college, these are kind of kids. Like these are young people, and the way that he defends them, I know that they want to play harder for him because of that. So I appreciate that. But as we move forward, we have a player who is done for the year. So Andrew Body has he has accepted or chosen probably to go with the medical redshirt route. We'll break down what that means for him, how he got here, what this means for Clarence McKinney, what this means for Jace Wilson, everything as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. And now for our game changer of the week, and that is Kenji Christian, because his strong running moved the Aggies, the North Carolina A&T Aggies, into the win column for the first time this year as they defeated Norfolk State. Had a couple of explosive plays that we'll get to later in today's show. But that's just like Athletic Brewing who they've changed the game for non-alcoholic beers. And you can put some of your favorite non- or some of your favorite alcoholic beers toe-to-toe. Athletic Brewing is taking the cake. And I don't just say that figuratively. I mean, they've actually won awards next to alcoholic beers. And I love this because anytime you want to drink, it doesn't matter if you're at the game at your kids game. Doesn't matter if you just kicking it at the house, whatever you want to do, you can drink them because there is no hangover. So no bad feelings afterwards. We love it. They are fit for all times. So all you have to do is go to athleticbrewing.com. And if you use the promo code locked on college, and you're a first time customer, you'll get 15% off your offer. That is L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off your offer. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, on Friday, we're still live, 10 a.m. to noon central, college football kickoff live every day or every Friday, 10 a.m. to noon central. And it'll still be on the YouTube page and podcast page afterwards if you aren't able to catch it when it's live. But Andrew Boddy's season is over. So this is a situation that, you know, pretty much we saw coming. I thought the writing was on the wall. I thought it was relatively obvious. And I think we discussed this, oh, is it Wednesday? Maybe. Tuesday, Wednesday, one of those. But Andrew Body was supposed to give an update on his health. On his social media, like that's how it was supposed to go. It wasn't going to come through the team. It was going to come directly through Andrew Body. And once that was the case, I kind of knew it was over. In that moment, I tried to talk myself up that maybe he was going to have a miraculous comeback type deal, but I knew it was over. This is the situation that you should have seen when when Mason Smith texted me, "Hey, this it happened right?" Because I didn't catch it right away. He informed me of it. He was like, hey, "My body's gone, or body's red I said, as expected, that was the first thing I said. And we moved on to other things, but as expected, because that's what I thought was going to happen. Once you said, oh yeah, body's going to tell it. When a a player's going to announce his own medical designations, I have absolutely no optimism in any of those situations. So let's look at what the rules for a medical redshirt are before we move into this. Because that's what he decided to do. So you must suffer an injury that is deemed season ending, quote unquote, that's for some reason that's in air quotes, um or in quotes their injury must occur before the halfway point of the season he definitely did that he only played the first game and then must not participate in more than 30 percent of the season's games cool not going to do that either so as i said this was expected he checks the boxes i guess this is a season ending injury i don't know too much about it um it's clearly the correct call from what i heard a couple of weeks ago and there was some there was some medical orders, from some 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 uh, doctor visits that had to come after that. So there's more information. I'm not trying to say that this is the exact situation. But from what I understood a while ago, I didn't think surgery was on the tape. I didn't think that. Um, I wasn't sure how long it was going to be, but I definitely knew that medical red shirt was there. And I felt like it was going to be an extensive rehab process to where if he could come back, it wouldn't even be worth it. He'd already missed three games. I thought maybe he'll miss another month. Or he's already missed three games at this point. But um he had missed two up to that month. No, he's missed four games now at this point. Yeah. So he already missed two games at that point. And I kind of felt like another month was going to be there. So you're talking about a six, seven-week injury. And that's maybe pushing it back or pushing it up, I should say, where all injuries have a range, tier to here. That's what it is. And I was talking on the earlier side with four weeks. So I kind of felt like this was going to happen, a 7 Between six to eight, nine weeks of rehab and all of that. At that point, you're at the end of the year. There's no need to come back. This is a medical redshirt year. So it made sense. So where do we go from here? Well, body gets healthy. That's clear. You have three entities in this that I'm going to look at. Andrew body gets healthy. Move him over to the side. That's all that he's worried about at this point. Now you get to TSU and Clarence McKinney. I'm going to put them together because really it's Clarence McKinney. I don't know what TSU does. You got to make it without body, right? Whatever. That's what next man up. Clarence McKinney, I believe, is coaching for his job now. Because I already felt like he was coaching for his job. I already felt like there was pressure on him to succeed this year. It just just felt like it had to be. Yeah, you got hot last year. You won some games. But you're supposed to be a contender this year. And I felt like you had to do something. Now, the question becomes, for the higher-ups, How much of a leash are you going to give a coach who just lost his starting quarterback? To me, I'm not looking for the same level of success. TSU ceiling comes down without Andrew body. Reasonably, that's what happens His ceiling or their ceiling comes down without Andrew body. So I'm not expecting, oh, if you don't make the SWAC championship or you're not a game away from the SWAC championship again, we got to get rid of McKinney. But you got to show some life and not against teams like Lincoln from California. You got to show some real life. You got to get out there and fight. You got to show that you are a coach who isn't dependent on body. And I'm not saying that he is. But if you already have pressure and you have certain expectations and then your starting quarterback goes out, of course, those expectations are lower. But I'm not looking at the game or looking at the season with a blindfold and acting like it's not happening. I'm not chalking this up and just saying, all right, well, You lost body, so nothing else matters. No, you got to show me something. Context is important. You got to show me something that gives me some sort of confidence in you as a coach. You have to, because body, this is not pro ball. Body's not going to be here forever. Body's going to leave at some point, right? So you have to show me something. You have to show me something that says that you will be successful when body leaves. And once again, I'm not tying all of their success to body. I do believe that TSU has a good team there. I do. I just think that you have a quarterback who takes your ceiling higher, but you have a solid team. You got to show some heart. Got to show some heart. And then lastly, you have Jace Wilson, who he's going to get an opportunity to get some real valuable starting reps. You have to move. I don't know if Andrew Body comes back. I don't. I don't know if Andrew Body, after this medical red shirt, enters the portal or not. Some could argue a medical redshirt isn't the time to enter the portal, but I don't know if what he's going to do. I think it's a possibility that he leaves. I do. And if he does go, well, is Jace Wilson going to be your starter? Maybe, but he has to show it. So now you're auditioning. Now you're having to keep the team afloat. I'm talking about Clarence McKinney and what he has to do, but you also have to do it too. Now, I'm not saying that your job is at jeopardy, obviously, but if you can showcase that you are a starting quarterback in the swag, then everybody's gonna feel a lot more confident. And honestly, Clarence McKinney probably keeps his job. So I do think that Wilson's performance may heavily affect McKinney's job, the same way that I think that Body's absence is going to affect Clarence McKinney's job. He's gotta act, he got to feel like these factors, these factors have to play in the right way for him. Because I don't know. I don't know. I felt like the job was already a little bit. I already felt like he was on the hot seat. I did. I felt like he was on the hot seat last year before they started winning some more games. He has some nice wins, though. Like that Southern game, nice win. That Alcorn game, nice win. So it's not as if I'm, he's never done anything, but I do feel like things are going up for him as far as the expectations. So he has to rise as well. But as we move forward, how about a team who got their first win and they knocked off Norfolk State? Surprise for some, maybe. But for me, Kind of felt, I had a gut feeling this was going to happen, and we'll look at why as we continue with Locked On, HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, I still got it on me. I still got the Saints jersey on me. Ain't nothing to it. You feel me? I know we didn't cover the spread, and if you put some money on us on FanDuel, you probably didn't win, but that's okay, because if you're a first-time, customer and you bet $5, you get $200 back in bonus bets. And me, I'm going to keep it on me because it's in me, but (laughs) it is what it is, right? So go to FanDuel, put some money down on some other teams. Don't put no money down on us right now. We got to get our stuff together. But the the WNBA going on, you got the NBA on the way. You got everything here. I would suggest that your first bet is in futures because You won't know if it hit, and you won't get the bonus bets back, I don't think. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Put some money down. If you put $5 down and you're new to FanDuel, you get $200 back in bonus bets. If you're not new, there's a reason you're still here. So still go ahead and put some money down on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day, every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. North Carolina AT leaned on their strength to beat Norfolk State. Now, I felt like Norfolk State has had a couple of nice wins. They beat Hampton, didn't see that one coming, right? They beat Towson. Like they had some nice wins. And then they go and play North Carolina AT, who hasn't been able to do a doggone thing for real offensively. They haven't. And what do they do? They lose that game. Like, and you know what? I kind of had a feeling. I kind of felt like I gave them the kiss of death when I came on here and talked about them. Because when they lost to Virginia State, I was like, nah, whatever. Then they lose to, or then they beat Hampton. I'm like, oh, okay. But I don't think i said anything about that one. Then they beat and I'm like, okay. A CAA opponent. Okay, let's see what's happening. And then they lose this game to North Carolina ANC. and And it's just, I had that feeling. I just had that feeling coming into this this week that Norfolk State was going to lose this game. And, you know, if you're a Spartan, the one bit of uh, optimism, I guess, silver lining maybe, is that you should probably win next week because that's how you're going. Lose, win, lose, win. Wait, lose, lose, win. Oh, you're five games in. So lose, win, lose, win, lose. Now, win. That's how your pattern is going to go. So if you want a little bit of optimism, there you have it. But overall, North Carolina A&T – they just lean on the run because that's what they do. You know that's what they do. They're coming to run the ball, period. Every single week, they're going to run the ball to the point where if you get up on North Carolina A&T, you're going to beat North Carolina A&T because I don't know if they can pass the ball. They struggle to pass the ball. But, excuse me. They leaned on the run more in this game than they did any other game outside of UAB. And in that UAB game, they said coming into the game, they made a conscious effort to run the football because that's what we feel like we have to do in these games against FBS competition. You got to run. So they made the conscious effort to run the ball all day long. 41 attempts in that game. They haven't come up to that in the other games in between, but this week they got to 41 yet again. And also they had their first 100-yard rusher this week. They actually had two of them, Kenji Christian, Kevin White, both toppled a, or topped the 100-yard marker the first time that anybody has done that this year, and they had two. How many passes did they attempt? Ten passing attempts for freshman quarterback Kevin White, who was also one of the 100-yard rushes. To put that in context, not only was he a 100-yard rusher, clearly he had more running yards than he had passing yards. He also had more rushing attempts. He had 11 compared to 10 passes. They come to run the ball period. There's no question about it. There's no debate about it. There's nothing else to talk about when it comes to this. They're running the football down your throat, and it's about if you can handle it. If you can't, then you can't, and you're going to lose this game. Same way Norfolk State ran this game. 41 attempts. You had 200-yard rushes. You had barely any passing uh, attempts. Like Even the the quarterback ran more than he passed the ball, so the blueprint is there, and it's it's crystal clear, but sometimes you can't do it. Sometimes you have a player like Kenji Christian, who, in my opinion, has played really well this year. Right? You look at his numbers, he's, he's, they haven't played well, but he's gotten his in a couple of games this year. Oh, by the way, the 10 passes, the lowest since UAB, they came out with a point to prove. And if you don't get a lead on them, if you don't force them to pass, you, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you never force North Carolina a to pass the ball. But it's not even just so much how much you ran. It's about how well you ran the ball. So you had Christian, you had White, and you had Wesley Graves, who were the three leading rushers, and each of those three had a run of over 20 yards, so an explosive play. And all the touchdowns were through the ground or on the ground. Three of them were long plays, had a 65-yarder, a 34-yarder, and a 40-yard touchdown, all on the ground. A couple of those feel like they should be passing touchdowns. Should be a 40-yard passing touchdown, a 65-yard passing touchdown. But instead, you had a 65-yard touchdown on the second play of the game. North Carolina a t leaned into their ability to run. So when we know the offense is going to run the ball, and that's the case and you do it well, maybe North Carolina a t is a tough team to beat. Norfolk State tried to come back at the end. It was too, it was too late at that point. You missed two-point conversion in the fourth quarter. And they just never got the ball back because they know how to run the football. Everything comes down to run, 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 Christian run, Gray's run, White run. And I wonder what the quarterback situation will look like next week because they only played one QB. But last week they only played one QB and it wasn't Kevin White. So we'll see what it looks like. Maybe White's ability to run the ball. And the fact that I know that's what they want to do because we just spent the what last five minutes talking about how North Carolina AT wants to run. Maybe he'll end up being the starter going forward because he's an aspect or a, a threat in that aspect of the game as well but i hope that i'm a threat on on the podcast i don't really know what that means but it's provocative and it keeps the people going and hopefully it keeps you coming back every single day making this your first listen of the day because i do appreciate it thank you for that i really do and on tomorrow's episode we'll be back with our actual game of the week because i wasn't able to catch it this weekend but i will have grambling versus pv coverage for you tomorrow tomorrow i'll see you tomorrow, and until next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.